So uh, there's a pretty good chance that TweetStream might end soon because apparently Twitter has announced that it is going to bring in paid super follows, which allows people to charge other people to view their tweets. And I'm thinking about the idea of having to pay to look at someone's opinion online. What the fuck? No, like this is actually a thing that Twitter is talking about bringing in. The idea that you pay to view someone else's content, quote unquote, and I'm trying to think about it. It's like paying to view somebody's diary, because that's kind of how Twitter is. It's like the diary that you're letting the entire world look at. Maybe there's a couple of videos that you would want to post up that are really interesting. So unlike the whole close friends thing on IG, you know, people would have to pay to have a look at it. But then again, if you're thinking about such a thing, then why not just go to OnlyFans where it is the home of such a thing? Why go on Twitter? Like it doesn't make entire sense. And when you think about it, how many people are really, really ready to start paying to view somebody's opinions? Like... At what point when you were growing up, did you feel like you would pay to read somebody's diary? Maybe one of those hoes back in high school, maybe. And if that's the case, then, you know, maybe as a grown person, you'd probably want to read a prostitute's diary. But it's not like the opinions are going to be that different from time to time. It's probably going to be a fucking story. It's probably going to be something interesting that happened. And it's not going to be on an everyday basis because, well, they just fuck. And you kind of think about it. This is probably one of the dumbest things that Twitter has ever thought up because whatever it is that they're trying to do, I think you can get that and more on places like TikTok, OnlyFans, and OnlyFans just so happens to be the platform where such a thing is actually a thing. Even when you look at YouTube, they have that, but it's not a very common thing. Of course, there's YouTube premium and shit, but you can obviously join the community and get exclusive access to videos and shit, which people obviously do with Patreon as well. And also, when you think about it, like when you just kind of sum it all together, opinions are free. And at no point will someone think, you know what? I'd like to pay to hear this person's opinion, unless you're talking about the media, which is like TV and radio and podcasts and YouTube and shit, of which there's ways in which people actually end up viewing such a thing because, you know, there's more than just the opinion. There's the media behind it. There's probably the looks and shit. And I don't think Twitter has that. So honestly speaking, this is probably one of the dumbest things that I've seen on Twitter ever since Twitter was created. And trust me, I've seen some very dumb tweets on it, which I didn't have to pay for. But anyways, we have a podcast to do, which just so happens to run off of Twitter. So we should probably get a crack on before these guys shut down, you know, like just basic fun opinions. So in typical fashion, welcome to Break Time on Westside, your number one break time podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who does not see the need to pay for opinions. He is a man whose sickness for the thickness prevents him from skinny dipping. It is none other than your tall, dark, and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Tweet Street, the show we take a deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets, and break them down a little bit. Now, as usual, the drill is pretty simple, so if you don't know it, then you can just listen in, and if you know it, then you can repeat after me. Because it's a very simple drill, and it goes like this. You see that tweet, you like that tweet, you want us to discuss that tweet, you send that tweet. You send it to the DMs of at Bagaka the D, which is my personal Twitter handle, and I will take it and I will attend to it from there. 
on Facebook and on Instagram. If it's one of those screen grabs that you found, if it's a screenshot from somewhere on Twitter and you feel I should probably discuss it, then the DMs to send it to is at Breaktime on West Side and I will pick it up and I will handle it from there. Now, before I get into the tweets, I do want us to talk about contraception for a little bit. Now, of course, for those of you all that have listened to me for quite a while, then you know once or twice I've mentioned the statement, safe sex is great sex, always use that latex. And I kind of have to stress this here because while I was on Twitter this week, I happened to stumble upon a very interesting chart that shows the child delivery costs in Kenya. Now, on this list that is the top 10 most expensive for normal delivery, most expensive for CS delivery, aka the C-section, least expensive for normal delivery and least expensive for CS delivery. And people, I have got to admit, this whole five alive thing is looking very attractive right now using the rubber is actually looking like the best option you'd ever have if you don't have money like hell i will stick to my pal miller anderson because clearly it is not cheap like the normal delivery at like the top 10 most expensive hospitals of course not everyone is going to go there but these are considered the best hospitals in the country normal delivery at aga khan is 135,000. MP Shah is 115,000, Karen Hospital is 100,000, Nairobi Hospital is 95, Premier is 70, Mate is 60, and the list kind of goes down and down from there. Then when you look at the C-section, Aga Khan is topping the list, and I kid you not, this is actually a figure that they put in for birth, 285,000 shillings for a C-section delivery. Now convert that into dollars, you have to divide by 100, but when you look at typical living standards in the States, if you're trying to compare it there, maybe you can add another zero. But it's 285,000 bob. Then MP Shah comes in close second at 255, Nairobi Hospital at 210, Premier Hospital at 190, Karen at 180, Mata at 165, then the rest is 160, 155, 152, and 150. Yo, please guys, just Go and use a rubber and if you don't trust that shit, which I don't think most of us should completely, you know, just just take matters into your own hands or hand, to be completely honest. Because, yo, that is expensive as hell. I didn't think the children were this expensive. Like, I thought the expenses came after the child was born, not as the child is being born. Like, honestly, if I was one of these people who had the babe who was like, oh, you know, I'm going to make sure I do a C-section. I don't want the pain of natural birth, blah, blah, blah. I'd probably just organize and not even take 285, probably even end up taking less. Travel with my babe to like Tahiti on like the final month of her pregnancy. Then once her water breaks, I make sure I throw her into the water so that they can do that whole dolphin water birth thing, which is supposedly supposed to be painless. And then she can end up having a baby in the water for free. Because how the hell am I going to justify to myself that I spent all of that money for a kid that I didn't even want in the first place? Like, yo, I ain't ready for that shit. You know what? I'm actually setting up my lotion budget and I'm gonna increase it now because these figures are staggering. Like, how much can you buy with 285000 How much can you invest with it? You can do so much with that money. And people are busy trying to get kids here and just, you know, not trying to take any proper contraceptions. Like, yo, fellas, please. Pulling out is a must. Wearing rubber is a must. And if you don't trust either one of the two, then please give yourself a hand. 
there's no shame in that because clearly I'd rather go and have the shame than pay 285,000 just to get a baby delivered. Damn, I ain't ready for that shit. Anyways, I just figured I should give you that as a pretty good PSA before we get in because yo, those figures are staggering. Anyways, we should get onto the tweets but before we do that though, I know you're dying to continue the podcast you're currently listening to, but we have to interrupt your scheduled programming to bring you Sound Nation, delve into music ranging from hip-hop to rumba, rock to bongo, and much, much more. We shall review new albums as well as fresh singles whilst paying homage to the sounds of the past. Find our episodes on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast streaming platforms. So, on to the first tweet. Why do women complain when a father stays deadbeat, yet the first thing they do when they break is deny you access to your own child? Huh? Well, I'm gonna say this because somebody needs to say it. Fathers do not get enough appreciation on this planet. Like, I'm even gonna repeat it again and slightly rephrase it. Fathers deserve way more credit than they actually get from a lot of their kids. Because... Let's be completely honest, a lot of times when you listen to people talking about the people that they would love to show their most love to, they'll be talking about their mother, they'll be talking about how they want to buy their mama house, they want to buy their mama car, they want to get their mom this, that, and they do that a lot of times for their mothers once they get a chance. But the fathers don't get that much love. They might get a bit of that secondary love that, oh, because my mom's doing this, let me get a little something for my dad just because, you know, I don't want him to feel left out and shit. But fathers don't get as much love. And when you look at this tweet, when you look at a statement like this, or more like when you listen to it, then it does kind of remind you that a lot of times fathers will get shortchanged by mothers when it comes to their kids. And this is with a lot of single parent situations. You find that the parents have separated. You find that the father wants access to the kids, but the mother will use the kids as a bargaining chip to get stuff or to prevent the father from going anywhere with them. And the thing is, these kids will end up hating their father, they'll grow up hating the man that, you know, made sure that they were born, not because he did something wrong, but because he wasn't around. And that not being around, in as much as it's not a good thing, it's not like it was his fault. The mother was the one that prevented the father from actually doing what needed to be done as a father. And that's one of the saddest things about fatherhood in a single parent situation, in a split parent situation if I can put it that way. Because sometimes you find that these fathers want to do so much, these fathers care so much about their kid or their kids and they're willing to do the most for them. But the biggest hindrance just so happens to be the one person that the kids will probably end up loving more, the mother. And that's one of the saddest things that I usually see happening. And the worst part about it is, this man will be called a deadbeat. He will be called trash, he will be looked at like he was a problem, like he never came out to help, yet when he probably tried to help out, the mother either prevented it from happening or worse still, took whatever help that came in and made it look like she was the one that pulled every single string and managed to make it work and then at the end of it, make herself look good and make the father look bad. And it's stuff that you hear about so many times nowadays. 
because a lot of women are using kids as bargaining chips a lot of women are using kids as trophies and as ways to kind of show it off to the man that you know what you left me you're not getting access to these kids i don't think you'll be a good father not that she's seen him fathering or you know being a good parent or a good person or anything it's just some level of hatred or some way of holding something hostage so that he can either come back if it's a hostage situation or it's a way to kind of show him you know what screw you i want to make sure that you suffer and honestly that's one of the toughest things that a lot of guys go through and they'll still end up being called deadbeats not because they wanted to be deadbeats but because they're being forced into a situation where the circumstances aren't in their favor. And so, to a lot of men that have tried to be the best fathers, that have tried to provide for their kids, that have tried to be as available as they can be for their offspring, I salute you. I know you guys go through a lot, and a lot of it is very thankless, and a lot of it might not be appreciated or even recognized, but we appreciate you, because somebody has to. Anyways, we should probably move it on, so on to the next tweet. Some men go broke trying to prove they ain't broke to women that are broke. Okay, this requires me to speak primarily to the fellas. Fellas, if you're listening, please have a seat. If if you don't feel like having a seat or you're already seated, then it's good. It's fine. It's okay. As long as you're listening. There is nothing wrong with looking at a babe who wants you to spend money and saying no there's actually nothing wrong with it it's your money you get to make your decisions on how you get to use that money and she is not entitled to a single penny of it if she helped you get a deal and she wants you to blow cash on her maybe maybe just a little bit if she helped you make that money maybe but if this broke woman if this woman whether she's broke whether she's not let me even remove the broke part if she wants you to blow money on her to impress her don't even bother she ain't even worth it hell if she's putting a price on it like that then technically she is a cheap woman and yes i know it sounds wrong it sounds disrespectful to say such a thing but think about it like this the minute somebody puts a price on something they're either expensive or cheap think about it like that i did an episode on this some time back last year and I did talk about the idea of being a cheap person. Hell, maybe it was even in 2019, probably one of the early episodes even. I made sure I stated that if she can put a price on it, if she expects you to blow money on it, then she's the cheap person. You're not broke, whether you're broke, whether you're not, she's technically cheap because to somebody else, that kind of money is nothing to them. So technically they can look at her as cheap. And if you value yourselves quite highly, then you can look at her as cheap as well. And on the flip side, to the guys that want to impress women using money, please, fellas, have something else along with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with blowing money on a babe in the name of impressing her. Actually, there's a lot wrong with it, but you know, we can leave that one aside. But think about it like this. If that's all you have to offer, then all you need to be dethroned or all you need to get cock blocked and get sliced from that babe is someone with more money and last i checked you're neither jeff bezos nor elon musk so you should probably get something else besides the money you know work on some skills make yourselves interesting you know just become funny or some shit. i don't know or try being handsome or ugly i don't know there's some people that are into ugly guys but 
do something that is more than money. Like, take for example, the first Kingsman movie. I don't know how many of y'all watched it. At no point did either one of the guys that were starting the bar fight start the statement with money maketh man. It was always manners maketh man. And of course, that's on a completely different point of view. And there was a fight that was coming in, so they needed it to sound really, really good and, you know, smart and shit. But what I am saying as the bottom line is money can come and go. And hell, even though the money won't exactly get finished, you don't need to blow money to attract a woman. If you have to blow the money to attract a woman, then she's either broke, she's either a gold digger, or she's not even worth it. Like, she's probably gonna end up being a cheap babe. And if anything, like I said earlier, some guy with more money could probably just go and get her. So frankly, I'd say use other skills, but have the money on the side. Because funny enough, one or two nights before I recorded this episode, there was actually a discussion about this going on on one of the podcasting groups that I'm on. And the question was, do you think the boy child is anything without money? And I'm gonna give the same exact answer that I gave there, here. Yes, he is, but without the money, he will not be recognized. Without the money, he may not get much attention, which is kind of where it's at. The money should only be used to promote you. It's like an Instagram ad. You can promote shit all you want, but shit is still gonna be shit and people won't like it as such. So first work on yourself, work on the man, then let the money come and do the thing for you. But still, do not spend your money on impressing somebody that you could have probably banged for a hell of a lot less. Anyways, we should move it on to our final tweet of today. So on to the last tweet. Now this tweet was more of a reply and it was a reply to a very interesting question. My husband is a player, what should I do? And the reply was, be the coach. Now, I could take this as a bit of comedy but you know that would make everything end so quickly so i'm gonna take it the way most people probably would and that probably means looking at this statement as revenge cheating and well to be completely honest i can get why revenge cheating would probably seem like a good option you know even meg the stalin was the one who was saying he think he's a player but um he was on the team or something of that sort but let me just ask you this one question real quick. Um, you knew that he was cheating or that he cheated. You knew that he slept with one babe or with a couple of babes or is currently sleeping with a bunch of different women or even just one woman. And it's not news to you. You've been knowing this for a bit of a while. And of the options that you have where you could go ahead and confront him about it and probably go for marriage counseling and, you know, repair whatever bond you have, you could also just leave and you know go for a separation or go for a divorce and leave with half of his shit which quite a number of you tend to do from time to time you decided that the best medicine was to go and screw other people as revenge to him to show that he's not the only one that can play that game please explain to me how exactly this is supposed to be beneficial because i can get the good feeling in the short term because obviously it's like you're rebelling you're going and you're showing you know what he thinks he can screw more people well so can i i can go and sleep with three four five ten people i can screw all of his homies i can make him feel like crap once he finds out about it but think about that whole scenario you've gone you've screwed all of these people 
and it sounds like an interesting story it sounds like a good way to show people that you know what people think that guys are the only ones that can cheat while women can cheat too and it would probably sound pretty interesting on like a morning radio talk show or something of that sort but once you get done with it once you look to move on with your life once you've moved on from that shit let's even assume that he either stayed or he left actually let's even go with the fact that he probably left once he found out that you also cheated just the same way he did how exactly is that supposed to help you imagine it's a part of your reputation right now how will that help you with moving on and getting someone else will it make you feel better then knowing that you screwed other people while you're in the marriage that you were also unfaithful in your own marriage yet you had the option of still being faithful does it make you feel better do you think that you'll probably be much better off once you've done such a thing think about it think about it for a little bit and also just think about all these people that you probably screwed whether you screwed one guy a bunch of times or a bunch of people one time or a bunch of people a bunch of times i don't know i don't care do you think that it was even worth it breaking your faithfulness just uh, you know spite someone else who probably didn't even feel the spite or something do you think that it was worth it do you think that that dick was so amazing that it was worth you cheating do you think that you getting the sex was worth putting your whole marriage in jeopardy much as yes your husband probably did a bad thing you've probably done the same exact thing right now so it's pretty much a case of the pot calling the kettle black so do you think it was worth it i don't know i want your thoughts on this on twitter it is at bagaka the d the b and the d are capital on facebook and instagram it is at break time on west side give me your feedback i want to know your thoughts on this i want to know how you'd feel about it are you someone that would go for revenge cheating or nah but that aside thank you so much for listening all the way till the end and if you are listening on castbox feel free to drop your comments there and i will attend to them accordingly and i will catch you guys on the next break take care